welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I am your host as always, Jeff Stormer, and this week on the show, I am joined by Kyle Tam for a game of Hit the Road, Jack. Hit the Road, Jack is a tarot-based role-playing game for one to two players about the chase between Jack B. Nimble and Jack B. Quick. Jack B. Nimble is a criminal on the run, and Jack B. Quick is the relentless pursuer dedicated to bringing Jack B. Quick in. It is tense, it is thrilling, it rules, this game is light, easy to play, dripping with a sort of pulpy intensity. I adored playing this game, I'm so happy with how the game turned out, I cannot wait for you to listen to the episode. The game is currently crowdfunding as part of Zine Month. It is currently available for sale at Urania Games. That's U-R-A-N-I-A hyphen games.itch.io. Sales of the game will go to support new art, writing, layout, and eventually a fully narrated audiobook by friend of the show Aaron Catano Saez. You can find more information at uraniagames.itch.io or check the show notes for more information. With all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. I am so, so excited this week to be sitting down with Kyle Tam. Kyle, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Right. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So I guess this is the part where I introduce myself. Hi there. My name is Kyle, Kyle Tam. I write, I make games. This is not my full time. I have another job. It's my super secret work job. But in my off time, I make games like, well, End of the Line and Mariah came out last year. They're very different, I think, tonally from this. This being Hit the Road Jack. By the time this episode is out, this will probably already be up itch funding as part of Zemo. You'll probably have seen Zemo, Zine Month. There's like a bajillion other games funding for it. But what makes Hit the Road Jack special is that it is a solo slash duet game about two people, two Jacks, the chaser and the chased. You have Jack B. Nimble who is basically your criminal on the lam, your outlaw. Um, they've done something wrong, and it's up to you to figure out what. And Jack B. Quick is the lawman, the chaser. They've got some kind of vendetta, agenda, job that they have to do, and they are chasing down Jack B. Nimble for it. The idea is meant to be very, like, very Akira, very Ghost Rider, very, like... Um, chase scenes in any movie i guess it's a little fast and furious if you're into fast and furious it's based on this short story by stephen king and joe hill called full throttle i think that was based on a different short story but the point being like it's meant to capture the emotional intensity behind a motorcycle chase or a car chase while also giving us this little like insight into the psychology of what brings people to the road? What is bringing people back and forth between being a criminal, being the one who hunts down criminals? Why are you here? Why are they here? That makes it sound like very epic and hyped, but it's it's not hard to play. I swear to God. Well, that's what we're about to find out because you and I are going to sit down and play the game. I could not be more excited. You you put this in front of me. You you sent this to over my way and like. Um, the, the way that it immediately captured my excitement and got me hyped to play it, like, I can't even put into words. Um, I was, I was so thrilled and excited by the concept, and I'm, I am stoked. Stoked is the word that I would use to describe how excited I am to, to sit down and play this game. So let's go ahead and do exactly that. Um, so, I guess my question for you is, would you like to play, uh, Jack Be Nimble or Jack Be Quick today? 
Oh, that's tough. Um, sure. If we're playing cops and robbers, I feel like the robbers today. I'll go with Jack B. Nimble. All right. I will play Jack B. Quick. I will play the pursuer. Um, I, I'm, I'm already putting getting a vision of uh, Jack B. Quick in my head. So why don't we talk through like how the game is going to flow, and then we'll we'll start answering prompts and filling out our uh, filling out our chase scene. Fantastic. So um, when we're about to start, we're meant to have a chase sheet in front of us. Basically, we just need to uh, show where we are each relative to each other. I'm just going to manually have this on a sheet in front of me, like an Excel sheet, which is the <laughs> cheating online way to do it. You can write this down. You can uh, create your own little path. But what I like to do for my testing is just have an Excel sheet where mm-hmm. you've got um, someone's an O, someone's an X, and you can just line them up right next to each other. Next year, it's one of those games where it's nice if you have a tarot deck and you also need something to record with. But considering we are on a podcast, I don't even need to think about that. But if you're playing at home, you need a recording device or journaling implement. Why did I use the word implement? It's so formal. <laughs> But you'll need that just to jot things down um, when you are given the appropriate prompts. Yeah. So you need your tarot deck or a random number generator just to indicate like where your or what your next prompt will be. I've got here a tarot deck. I've got my Philadelphia tarot deck. It is one of my most treasured possessions. I've got it shuffled in front of me and ready to draw cards as we go. That's fun. I think one of the things you'll notice um, as you read or see through this game is basically it uses upright and reverse tarot. But let me explain how it works first. Uh, Do you want a short game, medium, or long game? Short games are six rounds or six prompts. Medium's 10 and long's 14. Let's go medium. I think medium will work. I think that feels like like a good length of time for the show. I I think... And let me ask you as designer, in your experience, I feel like a 10 prompt game, like I feel like if we're answering five questions each, that should probably be a nice hour, hour and a half. But I don't want to I don't want to I don't want to crowd us. I want to give us time to kind of flesh out the story as it goes. Yeah, I think 10 works. Um, One thing that I found was it helps because in play testing, for some accursed reason, it was really easy um, for one side or the other side to catch up too quickly. Like mm. it would happen within two or three prompts. And I was like, hmm, that's not right. That shouldn't be like that. <laughs> so um, this was the compromise. Um, and I think it must have been some like weird mystical energy because once uh, the round lengths were implemented, weirdly enough, they stopped catching or escaping from each other so fast. That was the game speaking to you. That was the game saying like, hey, I need a, I need a, I need a piece of structure for this. Yes, we need to structure. I think it also helps because um, I really like playing journaling games. It's why I made one. But I find sometimes they can run a little long. Like um, I, have, I have found the same thing. I have found sometimes like like sometimes there's that sense. And as, as someone that wrote a, I mean, uh, someone that wrote a journaling adjacent game and anyone can wear the mask. Like there are moments where I'm like, I'm drawn through an entire deck of cards to play this game. Yeah. Cause you're like, I still have resources left. I still have to draw. And you're just like, Oh no. So I made this game specifically to appeal to me because I lack patience. 
I, I, there's nothing I respect more than saying here, here are my, here are my impulses. I know, I know myself and I'm going to write the game, not for the me that I wish that I was, but for the me that I know I am in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, explaining a little bit about how to play. So we're going to ignore solo mode because that's a bit by yourself. But if you're a duet, both players mutually decide which jack they'll choose to embody. I am nimble. You are quick. Um, starting with Jack being nimble, each player draws in response to a prompt before moving uh, the jack indicated by the prompt ahead on the chase sheet. So some prompts will say one Jack be nimble moves ahead or Jack be quick moves ahead or one of them moves backwards, so on and so forth. So we continue uh, drawing, responding, and moving until we've reached the final round of play or run into a surprise ending. This is a game with multiple endings. It's a choose-your-own-adventure like that. I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. So then it sounds like since we've decided our, we've decided which Jack will be embodying, it sounds like it's time to draw our first card. Yeah. All okay. right. Let me get that ready. Generate. Prompt 16. Prompt 16 reads, The Chariot Reversed, Hell on Wheels. And I wish I had a very epic reading voice for this. I don't, but the actual campaign, um, if we make enough, I'm going to fund for, I will probably say his name wrong, Aaron Caetano says to do- the- Oh, Aaron Caetano says, my, my, actual, my actual human best friend in the world. Yes. Uh, I love him. I love him. I love him more than anyone. He's, this is, that is, uh, you have put a smile on my face hearing this. Yes, so if we get enough in funding, Aaron is going to do the audio version, um, which is really great because when I did the press kit, I hired him to read out the, there's this fun intro text to the game, um, and he read it, and it sounded fantastic. It was like almost exactly how I wanted it in my head. I'm like, great, good, no notes, nothing, just... I, this, this, uh, this is exciting to me specifically, personally, um, you have, this is... (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes I get to hear about these things live on the show, and uh, it brightens my entire day. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. Yes. Uh, so hopefully we get enough so that Aaron can do the audiobook, because this was really designed um, to be, I guess, something I always thought to be read out. Like, it's written in the second person, all of these prompts. So you kind of, you want a voice on the other end. Absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. Okay, uh, right. The chariot reversed, hell on wheels. There's two of you on the road, Jack, and we all know that one of you is more desperate than the other, because only one of you needs this to end with you alive. You think things like gas mileage and GPS or model and make matters at the end of the road? Not in the slightest. It's all about whether your ride takes you where you need to go. But do your best to describe what sort of vehicles on the prowl. What kind of story does it have to tell? And this is the embarrassing moment where I have to reveal that I don't, I don't drive, and I don't own a motorcycle, <laughs> so I'm gonna have to think really hard. Um, I feel like <clears throat> I feel like this is a good opportunity. Like I feel like I feel like this is what this is an instance where uh, I feel like it's actually probably improved by not having a super clear like vision of what like make and model a motorcycle is because like my parents drove motorcycles but i also don't have like 
the slightest, like, uh, the slightest clue of what, like, a make and model looks like. So I feel like Vibes is 100% the way to go. Yeah. Because, I mean, there I have a couple of ideas. Like, obviously, the classic, you think about, like, Route 66 and, like, you've got this, like, big... Are we allowed to swear on this? If not, I will... Absolutely. 100%. No, 100%. Wait, like... Fuck yeah is my specific word. (laughs) But, you know, like, the big fuck you, Harley. You know, it's like this giant... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like that. Or there's also... And I literally only like it because of the nickname. So I I used to LARP. I used to do a vampire LARP. And I played a character, character who drove a motorcycle. Because I think I just like the idea of motorcycles. Not the, like, practical reality of it. But, like, um, I met someone recently whose job was to, like, he, he works with motorcycles. And I was like, oh, my God, teach me. And then, belatedly, I was like... Actually, I don't want to ride motorcycles. I might hurt myself. <laughs> but like the, the idea of it was really cool. But anyways, um, backtracking. I was looking up the most dangerous motorcycles. Uh, and there's apparently a model from Kawasaki. It's called the Kawasaki Widowmaker. It's got like a lot of X's and Z's in the name. So I don't actually know what it is. But it was called the Widowmaker because apparently the way that it handled on turns was really finicky. Like, it was a very powerful bike Mm -hmm. that happened to have poor handling. So if you weren't, like, really good, you would die. And that's why they called it the Widowmaker. Oh, I've also Googled it, and that's a gorgeous bike. Right? It's It's a gorgeous bike and the knowledge that it could kill you. (laughs) It's so evocative as well. It it really is. Okay. So uh, for those of you at home who are now Googling this as well, it's called the Kawasaki Mach 3 H1500 and was only $999 in 1970. I don't know if that's that's $6,500. I don't know if that would buy you a motorbike now. I don't think it would. I think that's cheap for a motorcycle, which probably explains why it was finicky and also deadly. <laughs> yeah. I I feel like if I'm a criminal, I would probably be riding something like this. That feels good. I feel like it's good. I feel like there's a lot of there's a lot of implication in the bike itself, right? Like it's a finicky, it's a finicky bike. It also kind of puts us in a time and place. And I feel like I I feel like this is a really good pick, like for a bike. The more that I sit with this, the more the more excited I am. Cause it kind of puts it in a time and place and it puts it it gives it that image of like there's a there's a desperation that comes with it that feels really, really compelling to me. Yeah. All right. So that's All right. that's my pick, the Kawasaki Widowmaker. Let's see. Hell's empty and all the devils are here, streaking down this road at 100 miles an hour, running the lights down and shredding the road. Jack B. Quick moves ahead one space. Okay, so you are now already on my tail. That's fun. All right. Should I draw my should I draw my first card? Yeah, go for it. All right. I have drawn strength reversed. That should be number 18. Number 18. Uh, I've drawn strength reversed or more specifically uh, the Rocky statue reversed. I need to call these things out because all of the the major arcana in the Philly deck are so close to my heart that I have to call them out. So I have drawn the Rocky statue reversed. That is weirdly appropriate for what this is, by the way. Like if you read it. 
All right, let me read through the prompt. Strength reverse, aches and pains, jabbing in your ribs, dripping down your skin, blood soaking through enough that you can truly feel it. How'd you get that pretty little scar, Jack? Those nasty little bruises blooming on your skin. Because they might fade along with the dull soreness or that sharp bite. But you'll remember, you always do. So spin me a little story as you grit your teeth and will the pain to go away. Tell me where it hurts. Tell me how and why. Yeah, so that's why Rocky feels appropriate. But at the same time, it's like... It feels very, feels very appropriate. Philadelphia's got you. It's got me. It's all Philadelphia has always had my back, and this is why it is my favorite city in the world. I think um something that I have been watching late. I'm gonna I'm gonna lean hard on like something that I have been watching recently and say that add an element of desperation to my hunt of Jack B. Nimble. I got beaten down recently by uh like a mob boss don like we had a meeting right i was supposed to i was supposed to deliver something maybe somebody got maybe somebody else maybe somebody in the, in the family got got pinched and i was the and i was supposed to be like a like in like i was supposed to be in a position to like write them off and like lose the paperwork and i couldn't it was too high profile a case so i got the i got the shit kicked out of me and moments after that happened, I think that like I think that it 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 feeds into it where I think that chasing Jack B. Nimble is my it's not just a matter of catching a crook. It is a matter of catching a crook in a way that is catching somebody that I am describing as the worst criminal imaginable so that I can reassert my place as a powerful person both to myself to the eyes of the to the eyes of the mob like but more most importantly to my own eyes i need to assert that i am powerful and i am in control and that means hunting you down i love that because it's got that like classic 70s machismo because you know there there's always that like feel whenever i watch these like action flicks from the 70s all the guys have to be like super macho and the strongest and they can't let anybody be uh stronger or better than them yeah and and the idea that that character has just been uh like beaten down and Im- and i think even like embarrassed right like i think there's an element maybe it happened maybe it happened somewhere where people saw it right like yeah. it happened Like, uh, I'm going to I'm just going to throw out that it was like a family gathering, right? Like it was a family barbecue. They pulled up, um, they pulled up, they pulled me aside for a meeting. And then I had to come back to my family barbecue with a busted nose. That's terrible. So like, right. And so it's that sense of like, of like, I have been embarrassed. I have been hurt and everyone saw it. And now I have to like reassert myself. It is very toxic masculinity, but I feel like that is the character that I am embodying today and I'm leaning into it. Out of curiosity, like, and tell me if we have to move on from this, but what are you watching? You said this was inspired by something you're watching. Oh, uh, we've been, uh, my, my wife has seen The Sopranos like eight times or like four <laughs> or five times and I'm watching it like through for the first time. Like I'm watching it beginning to end for the first time. I've seen random one-off episodes, but I've never like sat down to watch the show before. And so like I am, I am fully, uh, I am in 
mobbed up New Jersey, uh, the place where I grew up and uh, the world that I grew up in. Like I am, I am experiencing the joys of mobbed up New Jersey in the early two thousands fully in this moment. So that's that's where my head is at. Love it, love it. And the the thing that I'm thinking about that I think is informing this character is like the way they portray cops on that show, especially like outside of the FBI is at best a nuisance. Like anytime like a, a, a cop shows up, it is it is because they want Tony Soprano to embarrass or to harass someone. And like that's the kind of energy that I'm thinking is like a character that is like both that is like uh specifically powerless in the face of forces both institutional and individual that like is is lashing out against that by exerting his own power is the vibe that I'm getting. I think it works really well. And I'm interested like where these two cross paths like Yeah. Okay. So after that there's um huh. do you want to read that or shall I? I I can read it. Yep. All right. Um all right. So the throbbing won't relent, distracting from the road, forcing one to slow down, to stop, to breathe, narrowing the gap. Jack B. Nimble moves behind one space. We are now tied. See, this is the thing. If this were the regular test, we would be, if this was the previous version, we would be done with the game. So, um, yeah, that's why we have the set round lengths. Just I, I, you know what? I, I appreciate, I appreciate it very specifically. This is, this is a moment where you get to see like game design in action, and it's one of the joys of of getting to have designers on the show is like watching the pieces click into place and like seeing the behind the scenes is a thing that I, I love about this show so much. But it was, it was very frustrating because like I wanted the games to go longer, and this was the only way that the games would go a little longer. Just. Let's see. So I, I actually want to throw something out before we so just uh like a brief moment that I want to like explore and sit in for a moment before we draw our next card. Oh sure. What does it look like? What like like this is a I think a, a character building moment for both of us a little bit. Like what does it feel like? Like what envision what do you envision in your head like the moment when we cross paths? Like the moment that we kind of like are within arm's grasp of one another before the before the chase like kind of continues what pops into your head i think at this moment it's like hmm, because it's jack being nimble on the motorbike it's sputtering maybe losing gas maybe there's something wrong with it um or you find another bit of burst of speed maybe a little bit of nitro Someone slowing down, slow one speeding up. And you have that. Have you seen um, Umbrella Academy? And you have that point where Five and um, Elliot Page's character, uh, Victor, I think it is now, they mm-hmm. cross paths and they see each other. And they're just looking in this eye, their eyes like, why are you here? Um, like, who- So I have not. I have not seen the show, but I have seen that gift. The meme. So like, yes. I know exactly. Yeah, I got it exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think um, with any chase, like when people match, there's always this moment, um, this little moment of like you before a- any real animosity or emotions come out. Just this like profound single moment of 
this doesn't yeah. compute until it clicks and then all the emotions come bursting out. I think that's gorgeous and it I I I I think that's going to that to me is going to like inform the characters in my head cuz like what that says to me and the thing that I really want to build off of and play off of with future questions is like if that's the face the the reaction that we're making when we're crossing paths it implies that we either didn't fully know the person that we were chasing or like we didn't piece together the person that we were chasing or that we have like a relationship outside or prior to this and there's kind of a, a crossing paths of like oh it's dawning on us that, that this is the person that we're that that we are both chasing and being chased by and i think that's a there's a fascinating blank space there that i want to fill out that i i hope comes up in future questions me too because i think it's there's a difference really between like someone who's bounty versus someone you know suddenly it becomes so much yeah. more personal and i think that we're seeing that moment like we see that moment that the flip of that switch even if even if you and i as players and viewers don't know what that what the context is we've seen that switch in place and i'm excited to see what what fills that in okay so we have number 10 number 10 is the emperor reversed uh the emperor reversed they're going to kill me but first, they've got to find you. Come to think of it, Jack, who is this they breathing down your neck? Because right now, there's only the two of you on this road that matter. But out there, you got folks you're beholden to, depending on you. And if not, well, best not to think about what happens if not. So give it to me straight. Who's got that blade to your throat? I think this is where we start to like piece together the relationship. And building on what you said... The likely candidate here uh, would be the mafia or possibly mm -hmm. a rival family. Because you have to ask yourself, like, what pushes someone to do something so dangerous as to steal or take or commit some kind of crime against a mob family? And the obvious answer in my head is they're equal and opposites. Like, if you have a rival family um, putting pressure on you to do something... Um, you don't really have a choice. Like, you're kind of damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. And I, and, and the, the immediate spark, the immediate spark that pops into my head is like going off of what we were just saying, that moment that we just described. There's that, that, that feels like whether it is it is a rival family like if being a rival family like there's a clear sense of we were both like in notable positions and like we've crossed paths that would get that would give like a logical reason for us to cross paths without being necessarily at odds if like there were meetings and you know formal things and and work to be done so there's a clear sense of like Oh, it's you. Yeah. Oh, God, I know you and I know what you're capable of. That probably brings like an element of terror on both sides. Absolutely. Like, just being wary of your opposite number. Not necessarily mm -hmm. equal and opposite. We don't know if they're equal and opposite yet, but. Yeah. Let's see. A forceful hand on the throttle. A hard push on the pedal to make the tire scream. 
stretching steel and nerves to their very limit. Jack, be quick, advances one space. Uh, so you have now pulled ahead of me. And I think I forgot to say this before the start of the game. Uh, Jack B. Nimble and Jack B. Quick don't actually start on the same space. Jack B. Nimble starts um, two steps ahead of Jack B. Quick, basically. But because of random happenstance, Jeff, you are now ahead of me. Which I that's act that's great is the thing because it implies that like. There's a, there's a strategy, like, there's a, there's a, whether accidental or intentional, there's, like, a strategy that, that feels like it comes into play in that sense. Yeah. It's like, are you trying to corner? It's like, Mm -hmm. get up ahead. Although, it's also kind of an amusing image if you think, like, you accidentally got ahead and you just leave your target behind. That's the thing, like, it's, like, you describe the gif of us passing and I almost, like us like the visual i get is us passing locking eyes and like kind of like slowing down and then jack be quick like instinctively hits the gas and speeds up and then has to kind of um i'm busting we're busting it out here because it's the right moment for it and uh i'm taking the lesson from jordan peele that if you can put this into your work you have to put it into your work uh like bust ahead and has to do the akira slide like the, um, like the slide on the motorcycle to be like oh wait i'm now in the wrong spot like let me hit the bike and slide on the side of it to like get back into a place where i am chasing you but i love it like i love that classy little skid like everyone loves it's such that. a good sk- it's it's the it's the sickest it's the sickest thing <laughs> on the planet it's so cool i can't think of a like vehicle scene more iconic people can challenge me on that but it's there in my mind there are there are th- like it is one of the three great uh it's one of the two or three like truly great pieces like vehicle actions like there are scenes where the context is great but like just in terms of a person does a cool thing with a vehicle there's that and then there was the there's a 60s movie where a guy does a car chase backwards that's oh. the sickest thing but like it rules. Um, but that 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 Akira slide is just like it's everything. <laughs> Absolutely. Alright, I've I've drawn my next card. And I have drawn the Hierophant Upright. Um this is uh this is Quest Love, which I'm excited to see. West Philly local Quest Love. We've got the Hierophant Upright working nine to five. And what a waste of your talents that was. The soul-sucking drudgery that threatened to eat you alive. That was so mind-numbingly better than even being along this middle-of-nowhere road seems like a fucking dream in comparison. Can you recall it, Jack? Can you recall that nothingness, the ever-progressing tick-tick of the clock hands that pushed you towards the road? The pain, the agony, the building horror of existence? I was for sure, uh... I was for sure a desk, like, I was consigned to a desk before... The mob offered me the opportunity to be on a job. Yes. And I think they offered me the opportunity to be on a job because I was, because they saw that, like, I was easily turned, like, converted. I think it was, like, a, this person, we could easily, like, grab this person and draw them in based on the, based on the fact that, like, 
we won't have to offer them much to get them to do pretty terrible things for us on the virtue of making them seem like they are they are getting back into a life and that they are being used to their potential like it's it's kind of a a a, a haunting thing and i think that i am someone that bought into that hook line and sinker it's kind of interesting that you find in like media a lot of these types like i'm thinking of What's that one that's got, it's got James McAvoy and Angelina Jolie, and he's actually a hitman of some kind. Oh, is that Wanted? Is that Wanted? Yes, I think that's Wanted. It's like, things like Wanted, um, where yeah. a criminal yep. comes out of someone who's just got this boring, boring job, and they just, they want something different, and they want to be better. And the way that they can have something different and better is by turning to crime, which is not realistic, but very interesting. Yeah, I think that's a that's a great frame of reference and I think that like that is to a T what has happened here and like I I almost think um just amplifying the um just like uh turning everything up to 11 and and highlighting the kind of the hypocrisy in play a little bit. I don't think that the the that the mafia actually gave Jack B Quick particularly like exciting stuff to do i think it was a lot of stand here at a meeting or you know talk to this person and make this make this heat on our guy go away but i think it was just the act of doing it made it feel cool you know what i mean it was a lot of i imagine it's a lot of like montage sequences of like that don't aren't at that if you removed the music didn't seem particularly excited but there's like uh like funky 70s music playing over them so it seems cooler than it is but it's a lot of like oh this is this character's perception that they have become a big scary mob guy when they're effectively a gopher but a mob gopher so it's cool but a mob gopher so it's cool (laughs) i wonder what kind of desk job like it's a nitpicky detail but i'm like what kind of desk job is it like office were you a cop I think I was a cop filing, like a cop filing paperwork, but not, no, you know what it was? It was a, it was a, it was like a cop filing the paperwork that goes into like traffic tickets. Oh God. So it was just like peak kind of, peak kind of, uh, minor inconvenience paperwork has to go into it has to manage the the paperwork that goes into it it's a lot of like stamping forms so you get that really nice like big honking 70s rubber stamp that you have to put on things and like it was just the the peak of like i am so removed from even i'm so removed from everything and even the thing that i'm removed from is kind of just annoying that's just yeah, no wonder. Like any bit of excitement, you're like, "Ooh, yes, I'm there." All right, never again. Never in a million years. Better to die here than live long enough to be sucked back in. Jack be nimble moves ahead one space. We are now uh, caught up again, which is great from the fiction that we were describing. Of like, I've done the Akira slide, and now I'm like driving at you, and Jack be nimble just hits the gas and now we're we're side by side again is just a great visual. 
I think that's one of the things like I, I want it to be something like in your head. It can still feel cinematic, which is why you have this like back and forth chase. Mm-hmm. Although there must be a, a system out there where you can play out something like this. Um, and it's a little less introspective and a little more high octane. But I guess that would be a board game then. Yeah, this feels like the best of both worlds of like getting that visual of like where we are, but also seeing the the history and the 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 story kind of bleed into it. Okay. Next up it is prompt 34, the tower reversed. Um always plan ahead. You think you're so fucking clever, don't you, Jack? Because you knew what would happen. You knew that one day you'd end up here. Maybe it wasn't today. Maybe tomorrow, or in a week, or a month, or a year. But you figured you would end up here, and you brought some tools to the trade along. So tell me what's in your pack. Hmm. Good question. What would I bring? And now it's like, uh, what would you pack when you go on vacation? I think the obvious thing is, like, if you were on the run, like, hypothetically, if I were on the run, um find some kind of fake identity you want to have some cash on you naturally probably a weapon of some sort um Mm -hmm. i'm going to pretend my dude here knows how to fire a gun like we are assuming we're working with criminals uh Mm -hmm. probably a gun or a knife if a gun likely a pistol um it's having not been a criminal before and having no plans to enter into crime uh, I'm not sure what criminals carry on them. I mean, it's probably like just in case of emergencies things. It's literally like you may have to pack up your whole life. So mm-hmm. what is the simplest, easiest stuff you can bring with you? Um, I think, honestly, if you were a criminal on the run, it doesn't make sense to bring anything too heavy or that's going to bring too much heat onto you stuff that's easily Mm -hmm. disposable and disposed of that makes sense that makes a lot of sense and that also like that you're you're describing it so that you're describing it so like so pragmatically also informs what jack b nimble is thinking because there is a there is a world in which that answer is like is like, well, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm bringing, you know, I'm, I'm bringing booze and TV dinners, and like, I'm prepping to to have fun on my vacation. But like, this implies that you are taking this seriously as survival and not as, not as like a leisure trip or a or or like a vengeance thing. And I think that that says a lot about the character of Jack B. Nimble that is in both of our heads. Yeah, and I didn't even think of like any sentimental items, like. right i didn't yeah you're absolutely right because there might be for other people like there's music player or like there's a photo of someone no this is someone who doesn't have those attachments it's like survival is number one i like that i really really like that which makes me kind of sad like what brings you here is like what are you living for Way. Yeah, like you like every they've kind of lost every they've like they've either left everything behind, they never had anything or or they're and or they're in the process of leaving it and all of those options are tragic. Yeah. Ouch. I just hurt myself. Uh okay. So we're going to move on ahead a bit. Plants never quite go quite as they should. 
and tools have a nasty habit of failing when they're needed the most. Jack B. Quick moves ahead one space. I mean, realistically, the car is faster than the motorcycle. So it seems if we're, it seems about right. Actually, I don't know how fast cars and motorcycles are. Like, I always think the motorcycle it must be slower, but I'm not sure. I think they're about e- I think you can get about equal with them, but I think that the motorcycle carries a danger of going that speed because you're in danger. You know, you're 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 exposed. But I think that I think that that is like there's a that is very telling to me, like the 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 comedy of Jack Be Quick keeps pulling ahead of Jack Be Nimble is very funny to me, especially because we were talking about the the Widowmaker as this dangerous bike. <laughs> this sense of like this sense of like we of like we the two of us and it. Uh, I'm 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 extrapolating a little bit of our our relationship through the through the the movements of the car and the bike. It reads to me that we both don't quite know, and it's like this feeds really nicely into like the survival gear that is packed, right? Like it reads to me like we both kind of aren't fully prepared for this. Like, we weren't fully, like, we don't, like, you and I, Jack B. Nimble and Jack B. Quick, are both figuring out what that, what it means. Does that mean, you know what I mean? Like, we're both, like, we're both, like, we both have an idea of what a chase is, but now we're kind of in it and the realities of it. And we're both kind of, like, figuring, like, like, there's a, there's a discomfort there, right? There's a sense of, like, we are both, like, it says to me that we are both characters that, the realities of doing this, being the chase, being involved in this life, is a is an odd fit. Like this is something where you know I'm thinking a lot about Jack B. Quick being the desk, being a desk jockey that is like I'm a cool mob guy now. Like I don't think he actually really knows what it's like to do to like chase someone down and you know capture them because I think that this is an idea in his head from movies. Yeah. And my guess with Jack being nimble is just like trying not to die on this motorbike. Like very practical, which is also why it's not throttling ahead, because that's the number one way to like break your neck. Mm-hmm. Weirdly practical. I think this guy is the other possibly also a desk jockey equivalent. We'll see. Just very practical. Very, very practical. Yeah. I- I'm getting a practical energy, which I really, really like. So my next card is the Fool Upright, uh, the Fool being the Philly fanatic, my favorite mascot in the world. Um, the Fool Upright, where am I? You're on the road already, Jack. Streaking through the seconds and minutes that are counting down, feeling the rev of the engine beneath you as you're trying to coax another mile or two onwards. I know it's hard to stop and smell the roses, but in order to get where you're going, you've got to know where you are and where you've been. So tell me. What is streaking past at 80, 90, 100 per hour? What is surrounding you? A setting question. That's fun. That is fun. And I think this actually plays really nicely on the sense of we are like this plays really nicely on the sense of like the 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 way that we're kind of like next to each other and periodically pulling ahead and being kind of neck and neck is I think that we are in a city 
That makes sense. I think, I think like we are like, this is a, sh- a chase that is happening on city streets. And so it is like a sense of, and I think that plays really nicely into what, what I, what we were just talking about. That sense of, I think that like, in Jack B. Quick's head, this was going to be the two of us chasing each other on a long desert road where we're both going 200 miles an hour. But the reality is that this is happening, like, in a... I'm picturing, like, very 70s, like, 70s New York, like, brickstone apartments, old, old building styles, like, that kind of grimy 70s look. And, like, it's a very crowded city street, so, like, the realities of that chase are much different and much messier. So it's like, you know, driving through red lights and then a car almost, you gotta swerve around the car that was in the intersection as you're running a red light. Like, it's a lot of, like... And there's all these people and all these things that you have to, like, account for. yeah, Yeah, so it's a lot of, like, both of us being, like like, chasing and being chased, but, like dodging around things that's just making the the movement of the chase that much messier and it's good it really gives us a sense now we have our sense of time now we have our sense of place and i think new york as well like you think 70s new york it feels very mob yeah it does it, it it's it's peak mob movie the scent of desperation lingers in the air dust grit clouds of gasoline propelling one forward as if the devil is on their heels Jack be nimble, moves up one space. Now we're caught up again. We're on the main street somewhere. Or I guess if this is New York, we're... Because that's grid system, isn't it? So... Yeah, it's a grid system. So, like, we're tearing through lights and, like, running under, under, like, under L tracks. Like, it is, uh, it's just a great, a great visual place to be in a chase. It is. The practically speaking... A motorcycle doesn't seem like a good idea in New York. <laughs> it feels like a terrible idea. But that also, like, and that's interesting because Jack B. Nimble is such a practical person that, like, it raises the question of, like, why why a motorcycle and why this particularly dangerous motorcycle that does specifically not corner turns well in a city that is entirely corner turns? Maybe, maybe it was a it was either a gift or like a stupid purchase. It's like a big, I just got money. I'm going to buy this thing. And it's like, oh, I don't have a car. This was a bad idea. I, I adore that. And I adore that for two reasons. One, because it plays so uh, counter to that like practicality. And it plays perfectly with that sense of like us being kind of equals in the sense that we are throwing ourselves into the fantasy of the of the the roles that we have been handed of the sense of like i'm a cool criminal i'm gonna buy a car i'm a badass mob cop i'm gonna or i'm gonna buy a car and i'm a cool criminal i'm gonna buy a motorcycle so like the both of us kind of like throwing ourselves into this fantasy and then being in a chase and going like oh i'm chasing you fuck 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 (laughs) like that's great that is so fun (laughs) you have to wonder what the higher ups think like look at these two idiots i truly it has the energy of like this is a this is a disaster this is just not going well for anyone like this should have been an easy job on both sides but it's just not somehow i i want to throw out uh throw something out to even push that further 
I don't think that this was a job that I was handed. Oh, no. I think that, like, I think I caught wind of whatever whatever illegal thing that you did, whatever you did to piss off the family, I caught wind of it, and I have taken it on myself to, like, track you down. And I think, like, to you saying that, I feel like this is the perfect moment for, like, some mafia don, like, in their nice house to, like, get a phone call that just says, uh, to get a phone call, uh, uh, that just says, like, hey, this is happening, and you just see, like, the head in the hand, like, no. <laughs> no. 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 He's not, no. A for effort. Yeah, that feels so, so good. It's a- it's an A for effort motorbike car chase. <laughs> I love it so much. All we need is yakety right. sacks, and we're like perfect. This whole this whole chase has yakety sacks energy to it. Is the thing, and I really love it. All right, let's see. What am I generating? Number twenty. Twenty is the hermit reversed. You're not real. Deny me all you like. I'm as real as you are. I'm in here with you, rattling in your skull and thrumming through your brain. I'm sure you'd like to tune me out, turn Radio Jack down to that fine line of white noise. But guess what? I'm stuck here with you, and you're sure shit stuck with me. But now you've got me curious. What do I sound like to you? What do you hear while I criticize and question you? Am I somebody you know? Some distant stranger? Whose voice is this piping in your ear? So I feel like, um, naturally, it's going to be the head of the family, I guess, at this point, or like a trusted mentor. Maybe mm-hmm. the mentor, because the voice is a little bit casual. It doesn't feel like somebody who's a boss, who's at the top. It feels like yeah. somebody who's yeah, like, yeah. going to be like, wow, idiot. Look at what you've done now. Look at what kind of trouble you've gotten everybody into. And just like maybe a deceased mentor. Like, someone who's not around anymore, but, like, you still remember them. That that feels like it makes sense to me. Like, that's why you Jack remembers her voice so well. And the voice right now is probably like, just stop. Just stop. Just what are you doing? That's really good. That's really, really good. Yeah. Although, like, realistically, um... If you are listening to the audiobook version of this, it will be Aaron. So I realized in hindsight, it's a strange question. <laughs> I think it still works. I think it's good. I I I I, I love it. Uh, I mean, I, I could listen to Aaron read the phone book. That's true. It's an excellent voice. You should hire him for your projects if you're listening. You to should. This. this is this is my this is my mid-show ad that you should hire Aaron Katana Saez to read the audiobook for your game projects because he is uh, incredible. There you go. From the distance, an engine roars and revs to life. Scattered plumes of dusty gray smoke blot out the sun. Jack B. Quick moves ahead one space. I think what is happening at the moment is we're... So the way that I did it is like basically uprights will mostly move Jack B. Nimble. And reverse will mostly move Jack B. Quick. But because we've been running into a lot of the reverse, it feels like um, there's been a lot of that forward momentum. That is my current understanding of the state of play. Oh, no. 
It's fine. Oh. Uh, sometimes you draw a card and you start to read and you just sit with it for a minute. Oh. Oh. That's your death upright. Oh, that's Wait. one of the fun ones. Wait, what happened? You were so fixated on where you were going, you didn't stop to think about what was in your way. Because this ain't a one-way road, Jack. There was somebody coming from the other direction. Somebody who wasn't part of this dance between the two of you. Some hapless sap barreling at you from the other way. And there's two ways this goes, Jack. Either you crash, you collide, and you leave it all behind in in a blaze of pain and glory. Or you swerve, and they take the fall for you. What'll it be? If you choose to die here, move to the end of the road. Death becomes you. If you don't, a flaming wreck is left behind. I don't think I'm ready for the story to end. And I also really like that beat for that character. Yeah. I like that beat for Jack B. Quick as, as like, uh, this is peak. This is peak a cab of like, this is, this is realizing I'm not like my story doesn't end like this. I'm the, I'm the hero of the story and I'm not going to end in this moment. And I think what it is, is peak seventies mob movie car chase visual. It is a, like a truck of food, like a food transport truck. Yeah. Is coming down the other way. And like, I, I, I swerve into the other lane uh, to try, cause I'm starting to get past you. So I'm going to try and do another, uh, like another hard turn to kind of like come at you. But in coming into the other lane, there is like a truck that is carrying food. I am just hitting the gas and like, I'm not moving. I'm going to win this game of chicken. The truck veers off the road, hits a, hits a fire hydrant, gets sprayed. Uh, the fire hydrant explodes with water. It flips the car. It lands upside down, smashing into a light pole. The door spins open and melons just fill the road. Truly comedy, but it is peak. Like, yeah, peak, like, like comedy car chase energy of like, there's just fruit everywhere, um, and I am, like, we see a moment where Jack B. Quick is, like, on the verge of just breaking down of, like, oh, God, I did this, and then you see that face, like, just go blank, like, uh, an, an acceptance of, like, I have done what I'm, what I've done this, and I'm not going to be able to take it back. Yeah, and this is also the dangers of having a chase in the city, like, yeah, honestly, um, uh- I I guess, like, the rhythms of city life are easily interrupted in that way. I've never seen it, to be fair, I've never seen a chase in a city, like, except in the movies. You'd hope they don't happen. I probably have seen one or two, nothing on this scale, but, like, I have definitely seen chases, like, Low speed chases unfold living in the city, uh, and it is uh, an absolute trip. Sounds intense. Oh, just All a, right. as a reminder, we are two prompts away from the end. So far, Jack B. Quick is up ahead, almost. And I'm going to not. I'm going to not die here. So a flaming wreck is left behind. No time to look back. Just another scratch on the tally of your crimes. Neither Jack moves, both feeling the burning heat. Right. I've drawn number 17. Strength upright. I can't stop now. No, you can't. Because you know that if you stop right now, then you'll stop for good. 
that at one point it gets too hard to keep going, to claw your way back to where you were supposed to be and find that you're already a step behind. But even when you feel weak, lonely, and pathetic, there's something that burns within you, Jack. Fire in your belly, fuel for the tank. What is it that makes you strong? What is it that you count on when the chips are down? Now, this is a fun one just because it's it's very much a character-making question. It's asking, like, what is your motivator? What is your drive? And, you know, when you're at your lowest, what pushes you past that point? Hmm. I guess for the practical-minded Jack, um, I think it's like a certain sense or strength of logic. Like, there are some people I've met who you see that they're not particularly creative people. Um, the world has certain patterns and certain rules, and then they follow these rules, and they make it happen. Like, people who are very logical, and they're like, if X, then Y. If Y, then Z. Um, and I think Jack B. Nimble is very like that. Um, and they realize, all right, so the spontaneity of my decisions have not held up well, but I can count on this being like that. Like someone who knows the streets well enough, and not by instinct, but by memorization. It's like, if I cut here, I can go through here. I can do go there. I can do that. And being able to fall back on something even so simple as like knowing which street turns into where, I think would do a lot to raise one's confidence in being able to outrun the enemy, as it were. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's it's the sense that like, and it, it is that sense of like, getting emotional about living in a city for a minute. Like there's a very real sense of like, there's a grounding to it. Right. And yeah. it can be like, I mean, it's, it's, it's living, it's being where you live and being like, like you were saying, like knowing the streets, knowing not just like how they intersect, but like the local history of a given street. Right. Like here's the, there's the sense of like, I know what, I know what is, I know what, what is at these addresses, but also I know that, Tuesdays are the day that the are the day that the McMillans have their big argument uh and the the Trotikovskis like are doing their laundry so there's going to be clothes on the line that day because they always do their laundry on Tuesday because they they have to have their routine or else the baby has a melt like there's the, there's that history that like is knowing the character of the city and having that in the back of your head is an incredibly like grounding and thing that like is easy to fall back on and go, I've got this. Yeah. And I think, like, it's nice to meet or know people who are like that. Like, um, who are so comfortable and familiar with the city that they live in, that they know it like the back of their hand. Mm-hmm. Not even, like, tour guides. are like, have you heard of the knowledge? I think they call it the knowledge. Um, so it's a test that taxi cab drivers in... Great Britain, I believe, have to take. And I don't know if they do it now, but they would have to take it in order to prove that they knew the streets well enough without a map to be able to bring their uh, riders anywhere that they needed to go. Where it's not just instinctual, oh. but it's like imprinted. Yeah, that's fast. That's absolutely fascinating. I have not heard of this, but like, that's so. That's such an int- yeah. That's so interesting. Uh, it also reminds me that I've been watching the TV show Taxi lately from the from the the seventies and eighties, and it has that same energy of like you see people that just like the the taxi drivers just has that ability to be like, yeah, I know these streets because I'm on them all the time, and that 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 
knowledge is such a powerful thing. Absolutely. Knowledge is power. Knowledge is power. Cool. Okay. And I think you have the final prompt now. I do. Excellent. Good, good, good. I have drawn the chariot upright, paved with good intentions. Every road is, at the end of the day, all that matters is that when you ride it, you go along it. Because there are two of you on this road, Jack, and one person's got things to do and places to be. That's why they're out here at the front, bounding down the asphalt like fucking watership down, treating the whole world like their enemy. But at least it's in a sweet-ass ride. And speaking of, what is that ride anyway? What car are you riding? Because we've talked about the motorbike. I think my ride... I'm going to pull really hard on the, the symmetry between the two characters, I think. I think I am driving a needlessly elaborate sports car. I think it is like a retro... It is like a retro 50s style uh style sportster car like there is a there is a uh it is a really like an old Greece style race car like it has that look like it has been very it has been restored and I think that it is uh pristine in a way that like is it is pristine in a very clear sense of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It is pristine in a way that, like, a car that age shouldn't be. Like, it's clear that I've spent a lot of money restoring it and making it look good, but it's also clear that it hasn't seen the road before. Like, it is, it is something where, like, I have broken it out for this chase because I thought it'd be cool to drive That's this car so on this chase. That's so bad. Oh, my God. It's a really good it, idea, it is, but oh my god. It is this it is this yeah, it is this character's terrible idea of like I'm going to have this chase, I'm going to have it in a cool car, I'm going to run them down, everybody's going to think that I'm so cool. And like what has happened is like it has almost been wrecked by a fruit truck. It is like almost hit people and smashed cars. I've lost a side mirror along the way. Like it is just Every piece of the artifice of this character being the cool badass, uh, the cool badass dirty cop that's do operating on his own rules has just been shattered over the course of this extremely messy, extremely bumbling is the only word I can use chase that he has been embarking on. He's, he's done his best. He's done his best, and that is very, that is sad of him. That is sad for him. I feel sad. Oh, shoot. Um, I forgot to read out, I think, what the movement result oh. was on my last one. So, sorry, I'll read that, and then you read yours, and then we'll figure out that sounds great. who's there. Deep breath in, deep breath out. The embers begin to spark as spirit and courage rise to the occasion, riding beyond the edges of the earth. Jack B. Nimble moves ahead one space, which would put us at even what does yours read pushing the horsepower on that engine to its absolute limits making this ride of yours prove to you what it's worth jack b nimble moves ahead one space that feels so bad like after all of this like cornering and stuff um jack I, I i i i i it feels bad but i also love it like especially given the last prompt that you that you gave like yeah. It's that sense of like, like all of the cornering and the posturing, like 
it's that sense that Jack B. Quick almost, almost got him, right? It's that sense that Jack B. Quick is on the edge, almost has a handle, like, uh, almost has a handle, but just doesn't know the neighborhood as well. You know what I mean? Like, is just Jack B. Quick is, is, is entering into a space that he doesn't know. And that is the ultimate thing that proves to be his undoing is like, I just don't know these streets. I'm not, I'm a, I'm a desk cop. I don't know. I don't know how to be out on the streets. Which I think is important if you enter the, like, um, especially if you think about like the mob families, they know their territory inside and out. They know their turf. Crucial. Yeah. And this, 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 and like, and if they had been given, if they had given the order, they never would have in a hundred years picked this guy to do the, pick Jack be quick to do the chase because he doesn't know what he's fucking doing. He's going to smash up, he's going to smash up a bunch of cars and then lose Jack be nimble. Like, that's not at all what we want. And he's just like, no, I got this. I got this. It's going to be great. <laughs> okay. So now we have done 10 prompts. Um, Jack be nimble barely squeaks up ahead. Which means we've hit the end of the road. Can't be caught. Uh, there's a prompt here for myself and for you. And so we start with smoke to ashes. Jack B. Nimble leaves everyone behind in the dust. When the exhaust clears, what's left behind? For Jack B. Nimble, you have your freedom now, if you wish to take it. A place to belong to, if you want it. Be kind enough, if you would, to leave a few parting words for the chaser hot on your tail. A little big goodbye. I don't think it'd be anything very sentimental. It's probably more judgmental than anything. Like very like, um, maybe if you knew your territory better, this wouldn't have happened. Like more, more educational than anything. Like, I think you should uh -huh. take the time to learn what you're doing. Uh, maybe a more practical car, not even treating him as like an enemy or like somebody worth the time to be angry at. It's very matter of fact, like, I won, and you lost, and this is why. Yeah, I love that. I really love that. It's very true to Jack B. Nimble as this, like, practical person. It's like, it's like, I didn't, it wasn't some big personal win. I just, I know my shit better than you, and that's, and, like, take that knowledge to heart. Yeah. Okay. Jack, be quick. Your target is gone, and your burden along with it. There's a bitter, there's a bitter sweetness to this. Though more bitter than sweet. No doubt someone will have your head for this failure. You'll need to prepare a last will and testament. Some final words before the parting. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna put a spin on this. Cause I don't think I I see, I think what I what I think stands out to me here is like I don't think this character lays down. I don't think that this character I don't think Jack B. Quick delusional as he is accepts that accepts that death is upon him or accepts that like i think he knows that like oh they're gonna come to kill me like there's no there's no doubt in his mind that like oh they're gonna come they're gonna come to to have my head like i bungled this and oh they are not going to let me live but i think that his final words are you're never going to get me. And I think that we see like the final, the final moment is that the chaser has become the chased. And like, he is in this sports car or this old fifties muscle car. And he's like, well, I'm, I'm, I'm in my car. 
I'm going on the road and you're not going to catch me. And like, this is one of those trans, because I feel like that ties so nicely with that matter of fact explanation of you won. It's like, it's like I won because I know my streets and I know how to navigate the place that I'm in. So I think that he's taking this idea as like, I guess I gotta, I guess I gotta do the same because they're going to come try and kill me. So I guess I gotta, I gotta disappear and I gotta take my car and drive off into the night with the mob at my heels. And it's the only way that I'm going to, I'm going to make it out of here alive. And it's the end of the episode. You see a to be continued. Mm hmm. That's. And that's, that's game. That's a game. Thank you so much. That. That ruled. Oh my god, that was so much fun. Uh and the prompts are so evocative and like every this is this is cool. This is so cool. I love a good chase scene. I love the 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 amount of character that is in, that is brought into the prompts of the chase scene and seeing it beat by beat, it just this ruled. This kicked ass. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, it was so much fun playing um with you, especially like it's nice to play it with another person because you can bounce off each other. The solo is fun as well, but it's a little more, well, as most solo journaling games are, it's a bit more contemplative. Uh, I tend mm-hmm. to write more from the point of view of the character rather than like running through the thought process. I, I yeah, I notice I do the same thing when I'm doing a solo game and I, I like having that opportunity to like, bounce ideas and really like run with themes especially when you when you get an idea that you weren't quite expecting and going like okay i like this and here's how we can build on it is like it's an energy that's that's so much fun to feed off of it's great it is very good fun uh this was so good thank you again for bringing this uh onto the show because i had such a blast with this uh this this is amazing um real quick before we wrap up where can people find you your work and hit the road jack online so you can find me on Twitter at Percy Proppa, P-E-R-C-Y-P-R-O-P-A. I have a website, whatkylewrites.car.co, which should be updated by Feb 1st, if I can get the time to update it. Uh, or you can find all of my games, including Hit the Road Jack at Urania, uraniagames.itch.io. Um, Hit the Road Jack will be itch funding for the whole year it's not just going to be for zemo we launch in zemo but because i don't want to burn myself out in a single month we are going to be crowdfunding for um the basic layout and uh art things some additional art and obviously the audiobook by aaron um once we hit that final goal so yeah awesome i this game i'm so happy like this game this game kicks ass thank you again for playing it with me uh i had such a great time with this uh, and for now i'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show take a future me thanks bass me and thanks again to kyle for coming on to the show that game was absolutely amazing it went in so many different directions than i expected and i absolutely loved every one of them like it was so cool and noir and just like soaked in that kind of 70s pulp thing that like I love so much. Fuck, I had fun with that game. Anyway, be sure to pick up your own copy of the game at uraniagames.itch.io or head to the show notes for more information and be sure to follow Kyle on Twitter at Percy Propa. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod, like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Party of One Podcast. 
Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash partyofonediscord to talk about the show. Follow us on Tumblr at partyofonepod. And join us on TikTok at Party of One Podcast. Admittedly, I mainly just post videos about how much I love the Philadelphia Eagles. Go Birds! If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a five-star review on iTunes, Spotify, or Podchaser, heading to patreon.com slash jeffstormer or ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer to support the show financially, or head to bit.ly slash partyofonemerch to pick up a t-shirt, sticker, what have you. After you've done all of that, if you're looking for more great podcasts, check out All My Fantasy Children. It's a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast where each week my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and populate a shared universe one story at a time. You can also check out Yezeba's Bed and Breakfast, which is an actual play podcast about a heartless witch a cozy house, and the many people making their homes inside, you can find that at tinyurl.com slash podcast. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. Music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Rain featuring the D&D Sluggers, and the Party of One logo is by Evan Rowland. If you'd like to inquire about advertising rates, coming on to the show as a guest, or about press coverage, you can email me at partyofonepodcast at gmail.com. And... Unless I am mistaken, that is all we do here. So until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody. Party on.